0: Let's grab our bibles tonight or whatever you've got your your iPad, your iPhone. Grab somebody's bible next to you. <laughs> Let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter 9. I don't know how long I'll go tonight. Who knows? I mean maybe I'll really really go for it. Did you notice that Cody's finally done? <laughs> Come on. Love you Cody. And Cody and Sandra and our whole team. I mean, we're just we're really blessed. We're really, really blessed. And blessed. Thank you, guys, and thank you for going the distance tonight. I, really, I, I'm kind of in that place where I could have just worshipped this whole night. That happens. That happens often at Victory, and that's okay. Amen. Um, before we we just really go diving tonight into the Word. <clears throat> just a couple couple quick words. Um, Of course, my wife is watching online right now with her family in Ohio. And uh, we send you our love, honey. And we send you, Francis, my mother-in-law, and my father-in-law, Pat, all of the family there. We send you our love. And we're declaring God's healing power manifest in your body, Francis. We're declaring many years, longevity of life, quality of life. The power of God manifesting in your body that the Lord sends forth his word and he heals you in Jesus' name. And so things are going in the right direction. Thank you for all your prayers concerning praying for Bren's mom. Things are going in the right direction. And I'm very thankful that we can say that tonight. Let's continue to pray. Amen. So you're in Isaiah chapter 9, and Lord, we just thank you for this time in the Word, and may the anointing of the Holy Spirit flow mightily and beautifully. Thank you for the Word that it is alive. The Word is alive. The Word is alive. The Word is alive, and we've only just begun to worship Him. The Word is alive. Say it with me. The word is alive. And Father, I I just pray that we would grow in the knowledge of the Son of God in this holiday season in Jesus' name. Amen. The uh, the coming of the the advent of Christmas is upon us. It's the advent. And the word advent, I think we all understand, it means the arrival. The arrival, it means the coming. And so um, tonight what we're we're 16 days away from Christmas. Isn't that awesome? 16 days. And um, this is just <clears> the <throat> most glorious time of year to worship and, and to worship the Father sending His only begotten Son to the earth to become a man, a child, to become a child, to become a man, to become the ultimate sacrifice of the living God as the Lamb of God, and not only that, but we, we also remember when we think about Advent, again, it means coming, and that means that when we celebrate Christmas, we need to be making sure that we are ready, we are ready, and we are prepared and looking for the coming of the Lord. So when I say, are you ready for Christmas, I'm not talking about gifts under the tree, When I say, are you ready for Christmas? That means, are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Come on, church. Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Because he's coming. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. This prophecy concerning Jesus, this is amazing. This prophecy was made by Isaiah as the Holy Spirit moved upon him. 730 years before Jesus' miracle birth. Think about that. Just let that sink in for a moment. Isaiah 9. 730 years before Jesus' miracle birth. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. And everybody said, Amen. that's all I've got. That's my message for tonight. Let's pray. (laughs) Isaiah chapter (laughs) 7. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Let's read that together. And I want you to take some notes tonight because I do think that I'm going to actually say some things that are very inspired of the Holy Ghost tonight. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Let's just pause for a moment and say what a wild prophecy. Can we, I mean, really. I mean, sometimes we just get so acquainted with this that we forget the wonder of it. We forget the wow, the wow of this. What, what did we just read? A virgin shall conceive and bear a son. This is a wild prophecy. Can you imagine hearing that and then having the Lord tell you to proclaim that and prophesy it? No, really, really. Can you imagine? Isaiah heard the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine receiving that level of a word and then the Lord saying, now I want you to decree that word? It makes no sense to the natural mind, does it? It completely defies natural reason. It defies logic. A prophetic word like that defies all natural reason, defies all natural logic. It defies the natural mind. And yet he said, there's going to be a virgin that gives birth to the Son of God. In John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, in verses 1 through 5, I want you to look at it. Jesus is called the eternal word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Say that with me. And the Word was God. Say it again. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made, and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And down in verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word is God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And this Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word had to become flesh. And that's an amazing, powerful, extraordinary revelation that we're still trying to grasp hold of right now, that the Word of God, the Son of God, He was the Son of God beyond the foundations of the world, and yet He had to come and be incarnate, which incarnate means he had to become flesh, he had to become human. Now, why did Jesus come to earth? And I think we could we could answer that with probably hundreds, hundreds of powerful revelations, but there's a few I want to give you tonight because, and if you're taking any level of notes, I want you to write this down that Jesus had to come to earth so that we would know the Father. He had to come to earth so that we would know the Father and he had to come to earth so that we would know the Father's love for us. Jesus came to reveal the Father. Say it with me Jesus came to reveal the Father. In Colossians 1:15 it says that he is the express image of the invisible God the firstborn over all. He is the express image of the invisible God. That's so powerful. And we know that Emmanuel means what? It means God with us. Amen? With us. It means that God is in the midst of us. God is not only in the midst of us, but God is also in us. He's in you. He's in you. Of course, this this is not original with me. I've quoted this to you probably many times but at Bethlehem he became God with us at Calvary he became God for us at Pentecost in the upper room he became God in us you see it it is awesome it's awesome at Bethlehem he became God with us at Calvary he became God for us but at Pentecost, He became God in us. Somebody say Amen. amen. Speaking of Bethlehem, I was um, I was speaking to a dear friend of ours from Bethlehem yesterday, and uh, for those of you that we we took to Israel, you were, you will remember Johnny and Johnny. Johnny just glows with the Spirit of God. I mean, you just see you see Jesus. And Johnny. and Johnny and his wife and his daughter, they have a special ministry right there in Bethlehem. And um, Johnny called me yesterday, and he was telling me about Bethlehem, that right now the city of Bethlehem is like a ghost town. It's like a ghost town. You don't see anybody. Nobody's on the streets. Nobody's out walking around. He said it literally feels like the height of COVID. That's exactly what it feels like. He's like, it's Brian. It's like a ghost town. Nobody's moving It's like there's not another living being around. It's like there's not another living person around. There's nobody, nobody. And he said that they were safe from the rockets, um, but it's an intense time. And I was glad that Johnny was able to call us back, get back in touch with us, and we were finally able to really talk at an appropriate time. And for those that went to Israel with us, you'll remember when we were worshiping at Bethlehem and... We actually received a special love offering for him. You remember that? And I had everybody come and lay their offering on my Bible and, and I laid hands on Johnny and we prayed for him. Do you remember that? And um, John actually Johnny when we were talking, he, he brought it up and he said, Brian, you when you when you guys were here, just right before the war started, he said, Do you remember that day that you guys were here in Bethlehem? And he he went right to that moment and I said, Yes. And he said, man, you, you have no idea what that offering did for us. And I said, well, that's amazing. And glory be to God. I said, but Johnny, I actually was trying to call you to let you know we're sending you a Christmas offering for your ministry. And he just lost it. Just lost it. And um, <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, on the same day we, yesterday, we also sent um, a very special we 've been sending a lot of a lot of kingdom finances into Israel since the war was launched a lot of kingdom finances and we sent another offering yesterday to Mike Evans to Friends of Zion in downtown Jerusalem and uh, we love Mike and on monday we 're going to be sending a very special offering to Mount Carmel to the church there with Karen Davis. Amen. And you can, you can be part of that. When, when we give tonight, at the end of this meeting, um, tonight we're going to receive an offering, obviously, for victory. But if you ever want to sow, you can, you can do that on your app or online. You can do it right, you know, right here. You can write on your, the memo of your check, Israel. And just so you know, when you designate gifts, 100% of those dollars go to where they're supposed to go. And that's just how it operates here at Victory. And you have to do that, and that's integrity. Amen? So whatever you give to Israel, it's going to, it's going to Israel. And so at Bethlehem, he became God with us. And at Calvary, he became God for us. At Pentecost, he became God in us. And so the Advent is the arrival of, of Jesus and this is what I want to establish tonight this has to become a ra- a reality that's established for all of us it's and how, how does something actually become a living reality in us it's by the spirit of revelation it's by the spirit of revelation it's like John the Baptist said you you can't receive anything unless it's given to you from above you can't you can't receive anything unless it's from the Father okay and so what we need to have a revelation of is this reality of jesus being the son of god and the son of man why is this important because the son of god the title the title son of god speaks of jesus divinity but the title son of man speaks of jesus humanity Now we also know that he's the son of abraham he's the son of david but when you say the son of god we're speaking of the divinity of god when we say he's the son of man We're speaking of the humanity of God. Jesus ever lives at the right hand of his Father, a Father God. Let's look at the Bible for that. That's Romans chapter 8, verse 34. And it says Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Say amen. That's awesome. So in his divinity and in his humanity, you've got to see this. Meaning forever, Jesus will eternally be God, but he will also eternally be the God-man forever. There there is a man. There there is a literal man, the human man, the God-man who is Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God, at the right hand of God. At the glory of God right now interceding on our behalf. I want to ask you a question. Why is this important? Why is it important for us in, in December of 2023 to recognize that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man? I'm glad you've asked that question tonight. <laughs> Jesus was conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit. Am I, are we talking Bible tonight? Is that accurate? Can I get a a witness? He was born to Mary by the Holy Spirit, conceived by the Holy Spirit. Jesus wasn't conceived with a sin nature, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was the perfect man in his flesh. That's amazing for 33 years, 33 and a half years walking the earth. He was the living breathing house of God, the Bethel. Bethel means what? House of God. He was he was the perfect house of God where the angels of God ascended and descended from the mobile, moving tabernacle of God. Angels ascended and descended. He, he lived under the open heaven. The heavens were ripped open. The Holy Spirit descended upon him in the Jordan River. The Father spoke, this is my son and whom I am. Well, please, this is my beloved son. This is the son that I love. Beloved means this is the son that I love. This is the son that I love. And the Spirit of God rested on him, and it never came off of him come on, can I get a witness? He was the perfect man. He was the sinless Lamb of God. And when John saw him, man, I feel like i got to jump off the stool for a second. When John saw him, he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John recognized the destiny of Jesus. God, God revealed to John by the Spirit, this is the destiny of Jesus. He's the Lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. It's awesome. And he came to receive our punishment. And our punishment it was it was due to us. Brian's punishment and judgment for my sins were upon Jesus, just as yours were. Amen. That's beautiful. And Psalm 49, you can put this in your notes and I just want to hit it it tells us that no man could fulfill this and so god had to incarnate himself no other man could could fulfill this level of destiny no other man there was no, moses couldn't fulfill it abraham couldn't fulfill it you, you go through all the scripture nobody could fulfill it so god himself he had to incarnate himself. And what does that mean, incarnate? It means the Word became flesh. Jesus became human. That's powerful. He became a man. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, and verse 5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. And watch this. The man, Christ Jesus The man, Christ Jesus. Notice that the way that the Apostle Paul writes this. He calls him Christ Jesus. He doesn't say Jesus the Christ. What is he pointing at? He's pointing and giving us an an emphasis to say that Jesus is the eternal one. The son of a woman who would crush the head of a serpent. That's Genesis 3.15. The the son of a woman that would crush the head of a serpent of a serpent, and yet he was the word from the beginning. Before he was made incarnate, before he became human, before he came flesh, he was the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. That's who he was, and I don't know when that meeting happened between him and the Father and the Holy Spirit, but there was a meeting, and there was a strategy planning meeting that the enemy, Satan himself, and those who fell with him, they had no idea the strategy and the plan of God that was hatched from the ages. And Jesus said, I will give myself. I will give myself. I will become human. I will become a man. I will take on flesh and I will do this. Why did he do it? For love. For love. Next big point tonight, this, this was a miraculous conception concerning Mary. We presently, we live in a time, <laughs> a, a lot of people are dismissing the idea of miracles. How many of you know that? We live in a time where people, they dismiss the, the idea of wonders. And, you know, I, I mean, unless you watch all the Hallmark uh, love story movies, then, then <laughs> there, there is a circle of people that still believe in mystical wonders and, you know, all of those little holiday silly movies. It's the same movie over and over and over again. Sorry. sorry for Some of the people out there. I'm kidding. I'm but we live in a time where the idea of miracles, people just flush it down the toilet. The idea of wonders, really? I mean, wonders? Wonders? And yet all the while, while I say that, it's amazing that this generation is caught up in the demonic phenomenon. They're not only caught up in the demonic phenomenon, they're caught up in the alien phenomenon. Can I tell you that Satan is an alien? Can I tell you that Satan is an alien? Can I tell you that Satan transforms himself even into an angel of light? He's a shapeshifter. He's a shapeshifter. He can transform. He can transform himself. These demonic spirits can transform. They're aliens. Are you hearing me? He's a deceiver. And there's a a great deception that's about to even be hatched on the world through this. But in Luke chapter 1, the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary, and she participates with God in faith for the Son of God to be birthed through her. That, that's amazing. She, she basically says, I'm available. When Gabriel speaks to her, it's like she just says, "Ha I don't know how this is going to be, but I'm available for the Lord to do whatever he wants to do through me. I'm the one who's available. I believe the word of the Lord. I've said this to you before, and this is a powerful thought. And I remember when the Holy Spirit showed me this, and this was the words that I wrote down many, many years ago in my own personal journal. Mary participated on a level with the Holy Spirit that no other human being had before. That's amazing. And yet cultural history teaches us this about Mary stay with me tonight Mary suffered great rejection throughout her whole life and she she went through ridicule Mary endured ridicule Mary endured being misunderstood she endured the intrigue of people do you know what I'm talking about her yes, her yes to God's will actually created intrigue and hardship and people misunderstanding her and also people misinterpreting what God was doing through her. You, you, you can't just hear that in a historical context tonight because you think it's the Christmas story. I'm telling you when God wants to use you and do something through you, there's going to be misunderstanding. It, it's not going to all be pretty. It's going to be messy. I said it's going to be messy. It's going to get messy. And God's not afraid to call you to do something that's going to cause you to go into a mess. You, you think God, you think, you think it's important to God that he, he saves your reputation? Oh, no, no. <laughs> if you think that, you, you don't know the ways of God yet. You don't know the ways of God yet. If, if you think that God's going to cause you to do something and it's not going to cost you your reputation and there's not going to be misunderstanding and there's not going to be intrigue and there's not going to be persecution, we have to read the Bible and not read it with Christmas lights and mistletoe attached to it. And here come the bells. That's just not how it goes. No. No, if I if I threw the mic to Mary tonight after I did to Renee, Mary, Mary would say, Oh, yeah, yeah, it was it was intense. My whole life was intense. My whole life was intense. But my whole life was immensely immeasurably blessed. What if God had chosen you? Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation tonight. I'm having a hard time staying seated. And I'm at 100% health, by the way. 100%. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. I I don't know why my nose started dripping there for a second. But I I, I really am. I'm at 100% health. Luke chapter 1. I'm reading in verse 26. I'm actually going to read this out of the Passion Translation. <clears throat> During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. And I've been to Nazareth, and I love Nazareth. There's no place like it. I could sit in the mountains there all day long. <laughs> She was engaged to a man named Joseph and a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her, <laughs> wow, and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. I guess so. I guess so. But the angel reassured her, saying... Do not yield to your fear, man. Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you're to name him Jesus. He will be supreme. He will be known as the son of the highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as king, of his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as King of Israel forever. And his reign will have no limit. That means it's going to be an eternal reign. And I want to tell you, folks, that, that eternal reign is coming very soon. And that is why there's a Maranatha burning in our spirit right now. Come, Lord Jesus. Mary said, How could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel said, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and the almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy, and he will be called the son of God. And what's more, your aged aunt Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son. Of course, we know who was that. That was John the Baptist. Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist, right? Right? The barren one who's at Elizabeth, she's now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. And when Mary responded, then Mary responded saying, this is amazing. (laughs) Yes, it is. I will be the mother for the Lord. And as a servant, watch this, I I accept Whatever he has for me, may everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Look at verse 37 one more time. Not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Now let's just go back to the front of this train, to the front of this message. Isaiah prophesied 730 years before Jesus would come through a virgin. And this, this prophecy is actually mind-boggling. One of the great pillars of Christianity is this, the fact that a virgin divinely conceived. It's called, we, we know, the divine conception. And right now, you know, the virgin birth, how many of you know, is mocked by atheists everywhere? The virgin birth, it's mocked by agnostics they think Christians are absolutely loony tunes. How many of you know that? They, think that? they think that you and I are loony birds, loony tunes, right? They think that we're bizarre. They think that we're narrow minded. They think we're very foolish. And I have to say tonight that I am very narrow minded and I am a fool for Christ. <laughs> That's what Paul said. 1 Corinthians 4.10, he says, I am a fool for Christ. I'm the king of fools. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm Brian Gibbs, and I approve that message. (laughs) Yeah. So the argument now in in, in the last 20 years, and you you can look at this stuff, but it's called anti-supernaturalism. And anti-supernaturalism is something like this. It says that God doesn't move outside of the laws of nature. And he doesn't move out of the laws. He doesn't move outside of the laws of physics. Okay, so what am I getting at? When Jesus walked on the Sea of Galilee, Susan, you remember when we were on the Sea of Galilee? That's Bren's favorite place in all of Israel, Sea of Galilee. It's awesome, isn't it, Philip? It's awesome. When Jesus walked on the Sea of Galilee, he broke the law of gravity. That's what we're talking about. When Jesus spoke or touched a leper, and, and that leprous skin became regenerated suddenly, that skin suddenly, it was riddled with death in it, and whoosh, you see? Miracle power, miracle power. And, and this generation mocks that. They think we're, they think we're funny. In this era of science and big brains, how many of you know we got big brains out there? Yeah, I, it's funny. Like I, 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 watch, I watch people, you know, fawn over Elon Musk. You know, he's one of the. Uh, is he the richest guy in the world right now? Or is, it, is that who it is? Uh, he's he's one of them. He's he's one of the big the big rollers, you know. But you know what? He doesn't know Jesus. He doesn't he doesn't know the King. And sometimes when I listen to his answers, I'm like, wow, he, he's got all this knowledge, you know, to do what he does and, and, and launch rockets, and yet he doesn't know the king of glory. That guy needs a God encounter. He does. Elon Musk needs a God encounter. He needs an encounter with Jesus Christ, the king of glory. And I listen to people that seemingly are the influencers, the influencers of the hour, but they're so lost so lost, big brains, big brains, witty inventions and all this stuff, yet yet they have not yet known the king of glory. They've not made the most important decision of their entire life, and their eternity is hinging on it. I believe in miracles. How many of you believe in miracles? Mary was a virgin. She hadn't engaged in, in sexual relationship. Now we understand that, but the point is not about sex. Here's the point, and I want you to write this down. There was nothing in the natural that Mary could have done to make this miracle become a reality. I want to say this again. There was nothing in the natural that Mary could have done to cause this miracle to become a reality. But God, that's right. We got some preachers in the house tonight. But God, but God. <laughs> the point has to sink in. The point has to sink in because we're not the ones that make miracles happen. All we do is give God our yes and our faith, and then that faith turns into obedience, and we step out. And we obey the voice of God, and we do what he says to do. And when we do that, miracles start popping. God works with us. God works through us. God works with us. God works through us. When we give God our yes, and we believe, and then it moves to obedience, and then God backs us up. That's when miracles are on display. God backs up our yes. He backs up our faith. And, if you, and it's more than faith. You've got to grab a hold of this tonight because there's something greater than faith. And what is greater than faith is love because faith works by love. Faith, this is the word of God, faith works by love. And we're not going to touch and save this generation And these people, unless we love them first, and when we're overcome by the supernatural love of God, it's going to compel us to move us into realms of faith. And then when we activate our faith and we start moving in obedience, then God backs us up. All of heaven backs us up, and then miracles start popping. (laughs) Hallelujah. Matthew 1, verse 20 it says, but while he, Joseph, when he thought about these things, behold, the angel of the Lord, he appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's supernatural. So denying the virgin birth of Jesus or divine, denying the incarnation Denying, listen, denying that Jesus became flesh. Listen real good. If you deny that Jesus came in the flesh, if you deny the incarnation, then you are a part of something. And you have to beware of it. 1 John 4, verse 3, it says, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, and it's already now, it's in the world. The spirit that denies that Jesus is the Son of God, and that Jesus came in the flesh, and that Jesus came through a virgin, and that he came through Mary, and he was born of the Spirit of God, that spirit that resists that, that raises up against that, that's militantly against that truth, it's the spirit of Antichrist. You got to know what you're up against. But I want you to look at this powerful point tonight. Look at the reaction that Mary had to this messenger and this word from the the angel Gabriel. <laughs> Mary was deeply troubled, uh, and I, I guess talking to an angel, you would be deeply troubled. How many of you know that? Funny, a couple weeks ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, Rodney Howard Brown <laughs> was in town <laughs> over at the tent. With Ankit, I don't know how many of you were over there for that. And I know many of, so many of you served faithfully, and you're, you're all stars. You are. You're amazing. And, and Rodney was here, and he said, he said, I'm amazed by people that say that, you know, they, they had an angel come to them, you know, and, and their life is a living hell. <laughs> their life is a nightmare. Oh, and they had an angel come. They had an angel come to them and visit them in Cracker Barrel. I mean, the pancakes aren't that good. I mean, come on. I mean, I mean really, really, really? An angel came just strolling in, talk, talking to you at Cracker Barrel? Give me a break. It's ridiculous. Mary, Mary has an encounter with Gabriel, and she's stunned. She, she's, she, and the angel said to her what? Do not yield to fear. I mean, if you have an angel come, come to you, you'll never be the same. And you won't speak lightly of it either. I said you won't speak lightly of it either. You, read, you listen to some people or read somebody and you're like, wow. It's just phony stuff. I, I really do have a hard time with people that say they had an encounter with Jesus or they had an encounter with an angel and they're just as loopy as whatever. And you know that we live in that time? Are you all okay? You all going to be all right? I mean, we live in that time. I used to pastor a couple. I used to pastor a couple years ago. And there was a woman in the church. She said, I'm taking trips to heaven all the time. She was telling everybody in the church, oh, I'm, I'm being caught up into heaven all the time. And I'd sit there and look at her and go, no, you're not. I'd just say it in my mind. I'd be like, because I could feel it. There was no anointing. There was no weight on her words. There was no glory. There was no presence of God. There was nothing. She kept telling everybody she wanted to start a Bible study at her house, and I wouldn't give her authority to do anything or have a home group or a home fellowship, and that ticked her off, and she got offended over that. And then finally, her husband came to me in private and said, Our new child that was born, and he was less than six months old, he said to me in private, He said, She's abusing our child. She's abusing our child. Let that sink in. People are nuts. This is a great words. Great pastoral word. <laughs> this is a great Christmas message. Makes you want a pastor, doesn't it, Bruce? It's just joy to the world. Joy to the world. You know, it's crazy the scenarios we go through. Crazy. So back to my point. You have you you have angelic encounters. You'll never be the same. Real encounters. When God sends angels, God sends angels to do a lot of things. Stay with me, and I'm going to wrap up in the next 10 minutes. I really am. I'm going to be done in 10 minutes. God sends angels in Genesis 18. Put this in your notes. He sends three messengers to Abraham and Sarah with a message that they're actually going to bear a son in their old age. But those messengers also come to warn of the wrath that was going to come on Sodom and Gomorrah. Whoa. Angels come to protect and guard and fight for us. That's awesome. That's awesome. Psalm 91, verse 11 says, He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. Now, I believe this, but I may just be narrow-minded. I believe this. God sends His angels to guard and protect and fight for us. I'm telling you why God sends angels. God sends angels to guard you. God sends angels to guard you, to protect you, to guard your children, to guard to guard your grandchildren. And you've got to say to the Lord, Lord, I thank you that you have charged angels over me. And Father, I thank you that you commission angel armies all around me. Father, I thank you that you commission angel armies to the city of Sarasota. I thank you that we're under an open heaven. I thank you that we're under an open heaven. The heavens are not closed. The heavens are not brass. The heavens are open. And angels are descending and ascending upon Sarasota. And you're expanding the territory of the kingdom of God, of God. God is sending angels, listen, to guard and protect not only individuals, but I'm telling you right now, I'm prophesying by the Spirit of God that God is sending angels to create cities to become cities of refuge during the years that are coming and the years of leanness and even the years of famine, God is going to cause cities to become cities of refuge because there's going to be legions of warring angels that have been dispatched and prepared for this time. And I believe Sarasota is one of those cities. (laughs) Hallelujah. Angels come to serve believers. They come to minister to those that are hurting and need strength. Angels come to serve believers. We have Bible for this, of course. And they come to serve those who are hurting and those that need strength. For some of you tonight, maybe you're like me. This this may be the first Christmas you're celebrating without a loved one. And, of course, my dad is in heaven right now. And it's been 10 months, and I miss him every day. But he's there before the face of God. Some of you, this may be the first time that you're without a loved one. God sends angels actually to strengthen you, not only to guard you, but to put and protect you. But he sends angels to you to strengthen you, to strengthen you in the time of need. Miriam, so many times since Bob stepped into heaven, and I was right there with you by his bed and watched him step out into glory. So many times. When I've prayed, when Brennan and I have prayed for you, God, release angels into her home. Give her strength. Give her comfort. Give her joy. Fill the house. And they do it. And they do it. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, it says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Isn't that awesome? Who's that talking about? That's talking about you. That's talking about us. I want you to hear tonight. I want somebody to really hear this tonight and understand that God loves you. And God loves you so much, he even likes you. <laughs> he likes you. He really, God really, really likes you. He you know how he loves you? He likes you. And I want somebody to hear tonight, God cherishes your life as a treasure. And where God's treasure is, there also is God's heart. Where your treasure is, there also your heart is. Am I preaching Bible? If you are the treasure of God, then it means the heart of God is with you and the heart of God is for you and with you and upon you. God loves you. He's for you. He likes you. He guards you. He protects you. God is not against you. He's for you because you're the beloved. You're the children of God. And he's here to minister to you. He's here to keep you safe. That's good news. Come on, is that good news? It's good news. Come on, give the Lord pan. hand. Come on, give him glory. In Luke chapter 22, you can put this in your notes. Luke chapter 22, verses 43 and 44 God sent an angel to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Garden of Gethsemane is right there on the Mount of Olives. And many of us in this room have been there. It says, then the angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthening him. Look at those words. And being in agony. What does that mean, agony? It means intense pain, anguish, torture. He prayed more earnestly, and then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Wow. I mean, we've literally stood and walked where Jesus shed blood for the very first time. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane. But it says that God sent an angel to strengthen him. Isn't that powerful? Throughout your life, God has sent you angels to strengthen you. And when we get to watch our story on Blu ray, when we all get to heaven, (laughs) and we all get to, wait, rewind that again. Rewind that again. Holy smokes, when I was going through all that crap, you gotta be kidding me. There was an angel sent and he was strengthening me. Oh my gosh. Y'all okay? I said crap. It's a Christmas message. Crap in the Greek is the word "scubilon." No, it is. No, it is. We're going to go deep tonight. The Apostle Paul said, "I consider my life as scubilon." It's a Greek word for "doo doo." <laughs> it's a powerful Christmas message, isn't it? <laughs> It's amazing. We're, we're going to realize that when we were going through crap and when we were going through intense warfare, God literally sent angels and strengthened us. I believe I, I can remember Bruce, Mary, I can, I can remember the three of us being in Sarasota Memorial together and right before your surgery and praying for you and feeling the presence of angels in that room. I, stu- I, stu- I remember it like sitting here right now. God sends his angels and he strengthens us. Wow. God sends angels to actually execute judgment. This is this is frightening stuff. You know, it's actually it's actually frightening to me to think that God sends angels to release judgments into the earth. In the book of Revelation, this is seen the most. God sends angels to actually Blow trumpets and bowls bowls begin to get poured out, and judgments and wrath are released into the earth. God sends angels to release judgments. You can see this in the New Testament too. Zechariah. How many remember Zechariah? Who was he? He was the father of John the Baptist. Remember when he didn't believe the word of the Lord? What happened? He was struck dumb. He couldn't speak. His his mouth wouldn't work. His tongue cleaved to the top of his mouth. He went mute. He went mute, and that's what happens when you don't believe the word of the Lord. When you don't believe, what happens is you go mute. When you don't believe, you don't have the word of the Lord in your mouth. When you don't believe, you can't move in faith. When you don't believe, you can't speak faith. You can't activate your faith. And an angel brought a judgment to Zachariah, and he says, You're, you will be Quiet. Because if I just let you keep talking, you'd screw up God's purpose and will. <laughs> In the book of Second Kings, verse 19, or chapter 19, verse 35, and I'm about to close, it says that King Hezekiah, he he prayed for deliverance from this king, Sennacherib. Sennacherib, he was a deadly king from the Assyrian army. Isaiah stands up on top of the wall of Jerusalem. We've been there. He declares, There ain't going to be one arrow that's going to come into Jerusalem. Not one. Not one. And, and you think about this this, this this army of Sennacherib, if you study Sennacherib, what you find out, he was actually the warfare mastermind. He was the guy who created the rolling towers. You, you, how many of you have seen Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings. Alright, we have five honest people in the church. I heard some clapping in the balcony. So so in Lord <laughs> that mighty huge balcony that we've got. That huge balcony. One day we will have a huge balcony. One day we will have a huge balcony and it'll be full. It won't be empty. <laughs> so so in Lord of the Rings, those rolling towers that come up against the walls and then they they they're released through to mound over the top of those walls. Those those were actually created by Sennacherib, the king of the Assyrian army. And he was fierce and he was a butcher. He was a butcher. He was like ISIS. He was like Hamas. Butchers. And so it, uh, Isaiah gets up on top of the, on on top of the the wall, and he says, not one of your arrows are going to fly in here. And I want you to think about where this, this army was. It was on the Mount of Olives. And then it says in the scripture, 2 Kings 19, 35, it says, it came to pass on a certain night that an angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpse, corpses all dead. One angel. One angel, <laughs> one angel got the job done. And you know what's wild? We've been to Israel several times. Standing on, st- there, there's just so much. It's, it's overwhelming when you're standing on the temple mound and you're thinking about the temple of Solomon and the glory of God 2 Chronicles 6, 2 Chronicles 7, the glory of the Lord falling so strong that they, 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 they couldn't even stand up. The glory of the Lord was so thick. And then what happened to there as they ministered to the Lord? And then you look across the, at the Mount of Olives and you think of all the history of everything in your Bible, my Bible, of what happened right there in that space. But on one particular day, the Mount of Olives was covered with 185 dead corpses. And it happened because one angel came. That's powerful. And then you have the book of Revelation. It's just filled with angels announcing horrific judgment, horrific wrath. I mean horrific wrath. And let me tell you, too, I don't believe that the bride of Christ is here when the wrath of God is poured out upon the earth. I believe the destiny of the bride of Christ is the marriage supper of the Lamb, not the wrath of God. We'll talk more about that later. I want to get back to Mary's question, and then we're going to wrap it. She says, Luke 1.34, she says, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Sometimes our questions, okay, we're still working. I said I would be done in 10 minutes. And so, so she says, he's still working. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Cody, come up here and lead us in another song. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, but that was funny. Still working. That's right. I'm still working, and I'm going to get this done. We're going to give birth to this message tonight. <laughs> At least we don't have a hairdryer going off in the back of the, the sanctuary this week. And actually, I'm I'm telling a joke. I did find out what that was, that it was a vacuum sweeper that went off in here last week. (laughs) Mary's question is different. Sometimes we have questions of disbelief or we have questions of doubt, but Mary's question is different. She's actually saying, how is this going to materialize? And I wanted to use that word tonight because it just puts it in a different sink and it helps us how is this going to materialize i hear i hear what you're saying gabriel oh my gosh i'm in fear i'm totally overwhelmed i'm wow but how is this going to materialize i'm a virgin lord show me how is this going to happen i'm here to serve you how is this going to happen i'm available but tell me how this is going to happen and the angel tells her in verse 35 The answer, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of the highest is going to overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One to be born in you is going to be called the Son of God. And Elizabeth is also conceived in her old age. She's in her sixth month. For with God, nothing is impossible. And when I I read with, with God, nothing is impossible, it's like God is just showing off. And he's saying, I'm all powerful. I'm all powerful. My purposes will prevail. I'll do what I please. God's saying, I will do as I please. This is how I'm doing things. I'm the one who's in charge. I can do this. I can do this. Are you hearing this? Man, may your faith be set on fire. We're not just romanticizing the Christmas story in Scripture. Let your faith be set on fire. God's saying, I can do this. And I've got ways, I've got ways you've never even thought of. I can move on you in ways you never dreamed. I can provide for you a million plus ways that you've never even dreamed of or thought about. I sent ravens to a prophet to provide for him. I can, I can show you things and show up in such a way. It will shock you. Amen. And then Mary says, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. And so what I, I want to close with tonight is that her, her faith was very simple. She came into agreement with God. And her faith was very simple. And she came into agreement with God. It's important to come into agreement with what God is doing. You may want to write that down. It's important to come into agreement with what God is doing. Let me give you an example. Israel, Israel. I have come into agreement with what God is doing. I am not, listen, I don't support Israel because of their politics. I don't back the sin of Israel. I, I don't. What I back is God's eternal redemption story and plan that he is already preordained and written out, and it is about to come into fullness of manifestation in our times in the earth. Since May the 14th, 1948, a nation was born in a day, and 75 years later in our lifetime, there is an Israel. There is an Israel for the, from the four corners of the world. God brings them back, brings them back, settles them, and he says, I'm going to bring them into their land, and I'm going to settle them. This is Jeremiah uh 24, 6, and 7. The, the easiest way to remember this is 24, 7. 24, 7. Jeremiah, he says, I'm going to bring them back to their land, and I'm going to plant them, and I'm not going to pull them up any, any longer. I'm, I'm going to plant them there, and they're not going to be removed any longer, but then I'm going to give them, in verse 7, he says, I'm going to give them a heart to know me. And that's, that's really where we're at. They've been put into the land. They're back in their land, and it is their land, ladies and gentlemen. It is theirs. The Lord gave it to them. The Lord says it's his land, but he's letting them have it. When I say I support Israel, I'm telling you I I back... The redemption story of God. It's not, I don't, I don't back their politics. I don't back their sin. But God's going to give them a heart to know Him. And the revelation of Messiah is going to come to them. The revelation, the revelation, the revelation of Messiah is going to come to them. You're not grafted. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. You are not grafted into unbelieving Israel That is bizarre to even believe that. You are grafted into Christ, the vine himself, the very genesis of Israel itself. We are grafted into him. And the only way to come into the Father is through the Son. It's covenant. Again, the preachers are preaching tonight to me it's covenant. And God is so serious about this covenant. He says, you will not be allowed to get to me unless you come through the door of my son. And so, so I don't, whether you're dealing with the nation of Brazil, the nation of Honduras, the nation of El Salvador, or the nation of Israel, there's no difference. There's no difference. You can only come into the kingdom of God through the son and through the blood of Christ. Let there be no mistake, ladies and gentlemen. You understand that? Some people think that all of Israel will be saved just because they're natural Jews. that's, That's not true. It's not true at all. You get saved because you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You believe in your heart. Listen, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. And when you believe in your heart, righteousness comes. And when you confess Jesus Christ with your mouth, salvation then comes to you. And there's no other way by which men can be saved except through Jesus. He is the Messiah of Israel. And he's the Messiah of America. And he's the Messiah of all nations. How many of you remember the bumper sticker in the 1980s that said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it? (laughs) All right. Also, angels show up to worship and glorify God, and this is the Christmas story. Angels show up to worship and glorify God. Now, if you think I'm just talking about the Christmas story, you're wrong because angels came tonight because we came here to worship and glorify God. So that means angels are here. Did you hear what I just said? I had a mentor in my life years ago, and he would always say this, where there is worship, there will be a throne. And where there is a throne, there will be worship. And you can't have a throne and have worship without angels showing up. You can't have the throne of God and angels not showing up, ladies and gentlemen. Angels are here. And if God were to open our spiritual eyes right now, the roof would come off this place, the walls would disappear, and you would see all the angels that have come to this meeting right now. You'd see all the angels that are with our kids over here on the campus. You'd see all the angels over here with our kids in the nurseries right now. You'd see angels all over. It's awesome. Revelation 4 verse 8 says, The four living creatures, each one having six wings, are full of eyes around and within. I hope Siri doesn't go off and say that he's still going. They do not rest day and night saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. What does that mean? It means he's the God of the past, the present, and the future. He's the God of the past, the present, the future. He's the God of the past, present, future. What am I getting at? Here's here's the keys. In the advent of Christmas, you have to recognize Jesus was the one to come. Secondly, you have to recognize that Jesus... He was the one who came to us and became Emmanuel, God with us. And then you have to see that Jesus is still the one that is yet coming again. He's coming back again. This Christmas, I want to ask you something. Are you ready for the coming of Jesus? Are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of Jesus? The only way to be ready is to come through the blood. The only way is to confess him as Christ and Lord and King and Savior. He's coming and this is where I want to close. Mark chapter thirty one. Go there with me, and then we're we're rapping. Not not rapping. A ha ha. I'm not a rapper. <laughs> I'm not a rapper. Mark 13. Listen to this. And then he will send his angels to gather together his elect from the four winds from the farthest parts of the earth to the farthest parts of heaven. Verse 28. Now learn this parable from the fig tree when its branches already become tender puts forth its leaves you know that summer is near <clears throat> so you also when you see these things happening know that that it is near and it's at the door if you're taking notes i want you to write this down the vine when 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 the vine is spoken of in scripture it symbolizes israel's spiritual privileges when you see the fig tree spoken of, it symbolizes Israel's national privileges. When you hear of the olive tree, it symbolizes Israel's religious privileges. Now listen to this. So when you, when you see these things happening, know that it's at the door. And surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and that hour, No one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Grab hold of that tonight. This is a sobering thing. When people people approach eschatology and end times, you have to approach it with a lot of humility. There's a lot of people that are very haughty about what they believe concerning pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, pan-trib. Whatever. You have to approach it very humbly. And why? Because the scripture that we just read, but of that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven. The angels don't even know, nor Jesus, but only the Father. Take heed, watch and pray. Who's saying this? Jesus. Take heed, watch and pray, for you do not know when that time is. It is like a man going to a faraway country who left his house and gave authority to his servants. And each to work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, or at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest, coming suddenly, he finds you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, Watch. Watch. The advent of the coming of the Lord is racing towards planet earth, and there's going to come a day and a time where the father's going to say to his son, King Jesus, he's going to say, go and receive your bride. That's awesome. That's who you are. That's who I am. He's coming. What are we talking about tonight? This is the real Christmas message. And I love the ribbon, I love the packages, I love the bows, I love the lights. If you haven't gone over to Benderson and UTC and seen what the Bendersons have done with UTC, if you're not out there enjoying the lights, go. Take a stroll, walk, get on the horse and carriage, do it. It's magnificent. But when it's all, it's fun. But when it's all said and done, the Advent is about the coming of Jesus. Folks, His return has never been closer. There's often times where Josiah and I are getting ready to film the torch. We get in there, we pray together. And I don't know, I just I think like this all the time. Is will this be my last one? And I don't mean we're gonna quit because we're not. But I always think that like that. Could this be my last one? What are people gonna hear me saying as a messenger? Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't have a fixation with death either. I'm saying, I'm thinking about the Lord's return. I live, I live like this. What are we preaching? What are we doing? What are we saying? He's coming. He's coming. There's a Maranatha cry that's on fire in my spirit. It's in your spirit. He's coming. And we've never been more closer. He's coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you're in doubt that you're ready. And you want to be, if you want to be ready tonight, and if you're in doubt, lift your hand. We want to pray for you. If you're, if you're in doubt and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know. You can lift your hand right now with every eye open, everybody looking around. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I will confess you before my angels and my Father in heaven. And this is the time to get right with God. And those of you watching, I have no way, I have no way of knowing who's watching, who's listening. I have no way of knowing. But if that's you, tonight is the night to give your life to Christ. He loves you. He loves you. Amen. Take a hand. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the heavenly host that surrounds us now. Holy Spirit, prepare us for the bridegroom's epic return. Holy Spirit, thank you and prepare us for the bridegroom's epic return. Make us blameless at his coming. Clean us. Make us without spot, without wrinkle, holy unto the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise in the house tonight? Come on. We want the ushers to come at this time. Ushers, come. If you need an offering envelope, you can serve God's people tonight. You can get on the app. You can open the app. You can give safely and securely right now. Those of you online right now, I want to encourage you to give. Go to the giving page. You can just arrow down. You can give to to, uh, a a number of things there. You can invest in our miracle building. There's all, there's all kinds of giving options. You can give your tithes, your offerings there. Thank you for your faithfulness of giving. If you want to give to Israel. Hallelujah. to give tonight for israel you can give five dollars to israel you can give ten dollars to israel you can give a thousand dollars for israel every dollar that you give towards israel will go to israel i promise you that (laughs) and we have integrity in our financial department at this church and we don't play around with that we take it very serious very serious So we want to honor God tonight. If you want to give towards Israel, you could do that tonight. Like I said, we're going to be sending some more offerings in the coming days for ministries in Israel. And, boy, it's important, guys, that we stand with Israel right now. Amen. Could you imagine just, could you imagine America in war? And other nations giving for America right now, giving towards America. Could you imagine us in war and me getting calls from South Africa, from ministry, saying, Brian, we want to sow into victory to help you keep going because of war. I mean, can you imagine that? That's how I think. Amen. Let's give generously. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you that we can give tonight. Thank you for the many blessings you have poured out on our lives. Immeasurable blessings, God, you have poured out on our lives. Thank you for everything. Father, above all, towering above all, thank you for the gift of your Son. And we honor you, Jesus, and we worship you in our tithes and our offerings and our gifts tonight. And may miracles be released because we give. And may the gospel go forward because we give in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go right ahead. Let's serve the people. Hallelujah. Guys, I'm so I'm so glad you were here tonight. We got people all over right now with the holidays. We got people at parties and I wish I would have got invited to a party. I, I would have came to church. No, there's, for real, there's a lot of business parties going on, a lot of people, but also a lot of people that's overcoming sickness right now. That's got to go. I mean, it's got, it's got to go. It's got to go. We prayed over that tonight. Divine health. Amen. Say it. I walk in divine health. I am the healed of the Lord. We're going to open up the altars tonight for prayer. If you, desire, if you desire prayer, we're ready to pray for you tonight. We want to minister to you, and those of you that are, that are ready for that can come. Let's all stand. It's 9 o'clock. You guys want to worship another couple hours? Cody, are you ready? I don't think Cody's ready. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. Father, thank you again for this night. And may the people of God have a miracle week and a miracle Christmas. A miracle week and a miracle Christmas. Holy Spirit, heighten the Maranatha cry. Set it on fire within us, Lord, for the coming, for the coming of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Good night, everybody.